Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's episode is Writing Naked While Not Getting Caught. Are we talking about in your birthday suit here? Um, generally, no. Um, <laughs> I know there are writers who do. Uh, I find it important to be able to answer the door. If somebody knocks, and I'm not willing to do that naked, and I am a slow dresser, so um. <laughs> I think writing naked could be interesting, but I I feel I don't even I, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to be naked around the cats or dogs, <laughs> like even yeah, well, you though get scratched. Well, no, it's not even. It's just I feel like they're staring at me. Oh well, <laughs> they probably just, are little pervs. Yeah, they're always <laughs> naked, like all the time, and. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just weirded <laughs> out if there's cats or dogs. Even when I'm jump, when I'm getting out of the shower or whatever, it's it's like, no, I got to put on the towel and kick them out. In fact, however, what writing naked is, is telling the truth in your fiction. Um, this is something where I've had a few people say, okay, well, you, you keep mentioning standing on a rooftop naked when you're writing as this sort of metaphor for for people being able to see who you are through what you've written. And the fact is that people can to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. The thing is that you want to avoid litigation. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to be able to tell the truth of your life, but you need to tell it in a fictional way. And this is a bit of a tricky thing to do. So that's what this episode is about. Using the stuff that you have lived through in your life and keeping it true in the in the form of the events matter, the the consequences matter. It's the same sort of thing, but it can't be the same thing and it can't be attributable to to you. You can't point at people and say this is um um, you know, that was my next door neighbor in real life, or you will get your ass sued off. Mm. So, you know, and they, they will win. So this is how to disguise your life and still tell the truth about in your fiction, make your fiction true with, with while making the events false. <laughs> okay. A little bit of a tricky concept, but now we're going to work on that. First of all, You never lie to yourself about yourself. And when I say that, it is very easy to make yourself the hero of every situation. 
and to look at all the arguments you've had and think that you were right, to look at all of the things that you have done that have been kind of questionable and pat yourself on the back for doing the right thing, even if it wasn't the right thing, even if somebody got hurt, even if it's very, very easy to lie to yourself to make yourself always the hero of your own book uh, or all of your own life. Yeah. In fiction, you don't get to do that because if you do that, <laughs> a couple of really awful things are going to happen. First of all, you are going to write characters who are like you and you are going to miss the places where you were an absolute bitch or an evil dick or whatever it was that you did that you was bad. And, you know, we have all done these things and I can look back at points in my life where I did stuff that I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. um, and if I were to try to fictionalize that so that it was heroic, I would make my hero very, very unlikable. Because in the moments where you excuse your worst behavior and give it to your hero, you then make your hero an asshole. And that's bad. And when you are reading through books, and I have read through a lot of them recently because I have been reading a lot of fiction of a couple of particular types. And these writers are writing these women I detest because they are excusing every single worst piece of behavior as cuteness or as, oh, that's just us. Um, the There was a breakthrough moment for me in this. When I was in a meeting in Laurenburg, North Carolina with a bunch of J-sets and I was trying to fit in and I was an Ohio girl, a Yankee, in the South, and I was doing my damnedest to fit in and try and make some friends and meet some people. And um, one of the women there said to another one of the women there, and these were some pretty well-off women, um, what's mine is mine, and what's his is mine. And the room just cracked up like this was the funniest thing they had ever heard. It pissed me off to the point that I quit. Mm -hmm. Right then, right there, I said, okay, well, really, I'm not going to meet the kind of people I can be friends with here. Because if you think that that is some version of being a liberated woman or being independent or that, you know, that you can mock the hard work that somebody else does to make your life better and say that he gets nothing back, then I can't be friends with you. I can't do that. And I, I left, and that was the last time. And I wasn't friends with them mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously I didn't think the way they thought, and I, was, I found what they thought repugnant. This is a hard thing to do because there are things that you do like that. There are things that I do like that where I have these blind spots to my own behavior where I think what I'm doing is okay. And anytime I write something like this, I am fortunate that I have met. Because anything that I give my character, one of these characteristics, and every time I do that, and Matt says, you realize that when you do that, it makes this character that you have written who is otherwise very likable an absolute bitch. And I have to look at it and say, um, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, there is a moment where I realize that I pulled this out of something that I do that is a deeply unlikable thing that I do and should stop doing. And this is this is where you get if you're if you're willing to to write naked and you're willing to put your work in front of somebody who's going to be honest with you, 
you can find it start starting to make you a little bit of a better person at the same time because you realize, oh God, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you want to bring in on this? Well, the writing naked, I think that if you are allowing yourself to really, uh, if, if you have allowed your muse the freedom and you are writing just, just as much as possible and you're writing a whole lot, you're going to get some things that you didn't realize that you were currently obsessed with or burdened with things like that as well. It's not, it's not just about the negatives about you, but sometimes you're going to get stuff in there that, <laughs> that you, you maybe need to also realize you don't need quite as much. Yeah. Um, while I have said that Charlie is a lot like me and that she has a lot of different things about my own personal life that I adore because the thing is she's the character I want to write for the entirety of the series so I need to most be able to relate with her um I gave her far too much of my own struggles and my own life all at once I also gave her a little bit too much wrong with her and while I had a point and while I gave her a lot wrong with her on purpose, Matt said it's just too much. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that real life and fiction, there is a point in which you're missing the point. So if you give them way too much and there is a reason for it, like, I wanted to show this person struggling with so much in her life, still be able to make a difference in the world. Somebody who was not in any way, shape, or form special in the Fulton Hills way of things mm -hmm. to no still magic. be able, yeah, magic, yeah. you know, um, paranormal, that sort of thing, to still be able to make the world a better place, to have no magical abilities whatsoever, but to still help people was a big deal. And then also to have all of these things that are wrong with her in her own personal life to give her the drive to help others. But I piled so much shit onto her that I, and, and yeah, it's all shit that I am going through, but it's, it was too much and it took away from the, the real, ironically, the magic of the character who has no magic. Yeah. Um, and she is a wonderful character. She, she, I, I'm looking forward to you guys reading the version of her that I know is there and that I knew was there, but I piled under all of this stuff. But it also took away from the point, it, it's, if Matt is sitting there reading the book and saying, wow, she's really got a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> instead of paying attention to her as a person, and you guys mm -hmm. are telling me all of these good things about all of the other characters, but not Charlie, then you missed out on experiencing Charlie. Right. So a lot of times if you're writing naked, you can put too much in and you got to be able to pick what you're leaving in the story. Um, another thing that I had in there was this really long PSA that lasted for several pages. <laughs> yes. 
You are welcome to say what that is right here, right now, if you would like to. It's basically, it's an MLM. It's, it's, it's in the book. It's based on all of these different MLMs that you see on Facebook. It can be Beachbody, LuLaRoe, uh, Monet, Monet, I don't know how they pronounce it. Um, I don't either. Yeah, all of these different MLMs, and they've been around since Avon, since before Avon, I'm sure. But Avon is an MLM. It's... It's, but it, it, I do have in there both sides of, mm-hmm. of the argument and there is a compassion for both sides, but my problem is the marketing and the very predatory nature of these things. And if you guys have known me for a while, you know that I fell into one for a bit and I didn't learn about how bad these things were until I was on the inside. So... This was my putting this stuff, writing naked, putting my opinions out there, and then realizing like, okay, I wrote a little bit too naked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So. Yes. And it did really, it was, it was kind of obtrusive in the story. And oh, I'll it, bet. it did feel like a PSA. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're reading this book and then where the hell did they, did somebody slip an anti-MLM pamphlet in here? <laughs> yes. Yes. And it didn't it didn't actually move the story forward. So yeah, that was one no. of the that was I think the only thing in there that you really removed that that had to be removed. Yeah, there was a, well, I mean, I had to change a lot of the things from Charlie. I had to yeah. take away and and put in a separate book some of the things that she's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave one of her, I gave her the, the visual snow syndrome, if you guys didn't hear our other episode year a year or two back, um, when we found out, when I found out I had visual snow and I mentioned it to mom and she's like, I thought everybody sees it like that. That's how I (laughs) felt too. I know that a couple of our listeners were like, what, wait, this sounds familiar and found out that they had visual snow syndrome as well. Yeah. Um, so I gave Charlie that and it was just another thing that was tying, that was weighing the story down. Mm -hmm. So I ended up giving that to Tanya. Writing naked is great, but you do have to have somebody to call you out. And then you have to have the strength to listen to what they're saying and find a way to accept what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, for this, this part of it, I'm going to say that you need the moments where you're strong and weak and where you're good and bad and honest and dishonest and where you're right and where you're wrong and where you're virtuous and where you're bitchy. But you don't get to pretend those moments are anything but what they are. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't get to take your worst moments, give them to your hero, try to make them heroic, and say, this is good because I say it's good. Yeah, you if, can't excuse bad behavior no. in fiction and get away with it because, I mean, you could, there's, there's this thing that people excuse bad behavior by saying, oh, it's just part of me. Oh, that's just how I am. And if that's what you're saying, then it's true because you're accepting that own behavior from yourself. Now, we're not here mm-hmm. to teach other people how to, to behave. We, nope. We, 
our opinions on your life does, don't matter because it is your life. But we are here to say that if you have written naked and you are getting complaints from bug hunters or content editors about particular characters that are acting in a way that is unbecoming for their their status in your book and you're getting defensive and maybe a little offended there might be a reason for that you mm -hmm. know it's it's difficult to have <laughs> because you're writing naked because you are vulnerable the most vulnerable that you can be is is to be honest on the page and give it to somebody else who's gonna call you out on things but because you're doing that, it can be very difficult to take criticism. But like Holly said, you can end up being a better person yeah. from your writing. Yeah, because if you realize that the stuff that you're doing that you think is cute is in fact being perceived as bitchy. And I can tell you right now, I have read a number of writers recently who have done things, had their main characters in their books do things that I know they thought were cute and they just came across as being bitchy. And these are professional, published, commercial writers um, that made me have to put the book down because I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with that. I just can't, cannot look at that behavior and say, yeah, that's okay, because it wasn't. Um, again, I wasn't their reader and there are people yeah. who are their readers who are okay with this, but understand that your readers are going to see you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there is good to that and there is bad to that. And if you f are getting feedback from your readers that you don't like and you don't want your character to be perceived that way, then you need to look at yourself too. And, uh, you know, I... I I am working on becoming a better person because of some of the stuff I got called out on from Matt for things that I put in that I thought were okay that were not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, too, on if you're willing to change what you're writing, if you're willing to accept somebody else's opinion. Mm -hmm. If it's somebody that you trust, if it's somebody that you know is your reader and they're telling you like hey this particular thing that you wrote is not okay this would make me put the book down if somebody else if I had bought it um then yeah that that matters you have to make sure that the people who are, are telling you a mom gets a lot of comments people complaining about her females are too strong in her <laughs> books those are not Holly's readers clearly yeah. it, that is one of mom's main things is is a strong female character that is one of the things that is very important to her writing so if people are complaining about that she's not going to care right but it's it's important to know that the thing that we've talked about before the hill that you're willing to die on mm -hmm. but don't be willing to die on you know ant hills make sure yeah. this is this is a big deal and <laughs> also make sure that you're okay with who you are because none of us are perfect and, and putting mistakes in the book that people have made. I've had, I've lost my temper and made bad decisions and made bad choices and said things that I regret. And writing perfect characters 
is not relatable. Right. You know, so I don't have any problem putting myself on the page and admitting in in through characters that we've all made mistakes that way. I think it's important to put that stuff in there because it makes people feel better to see characters make a mistake that they have made before and come back from it. Yeah. Yeah. And but you you will learn about yourself from your writing. Yes. And you will learn a lot about yourself that you didn't know from your writing when you start hearing back from readers. And because there we have blind spots, all of us, all of us. And there is a certain amount of naked that just goes out there that you don't even know is going out there yeah. until the bounce back lands in your lap and you go, maybe I want to rethink that. Well, like when I was writing um, the ending to River's part of the story... Um, I didn't realize how close to her story I was until mm -hmm. I wrote that ending and cried. Mm -hmm. And you made me cry. Yeah, I made you cry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that sometimes when you're writing naked, you don't realize how naked you're writing too. So yeah, what what is the next part of this? I okay. Legit. The next part of this is that you accept your worst impulses and your crappiest actions. They have a place in your fiction. The times when you know you were an asshole. Yeah, that's mm. what I was just mentioning, yeah. too. Yeah. I was just bringing that that's, up. These things have a place in your fiction. They are usable. They are awesome. And, and, <laughs> and so they don't even have to be just awesome for your villains. I gave some of my best villains some of my best qualities and some of my favorite good characters my favorite heroes some of my worst stuff simply because to be human we have to have it all in there you do get to edit and god editing is awesome in that you don't have to exactly put in the stupid shit that you did yeah. but but you can have them do some stupid shit um and you can you can have them walk away from it a little little bruised and a little wiser, and uh, give your give your readers a moment of oh God, yeah, I've done something like that too, <laughs> and yeah, I thank you. Yeah, I didn't realize um, that I was putting this one really bad trait that I have um, that I've I've gotten better at. But uh, Charlie, I had no idea that I did this. But uh, she had a scene with her, her ex-husband that has now been cut where she ended up throwing a coffee. Not at him, but out of pure, undiluted rage and frustration and depression and anger. She just ended up throwing, a, like, her not coffee, but her tea at a brick wall. And then she later sees his family and wants to hit them with a coffee. Or, yeah, she's drinking coffee at the time. And mm -hmm. then um, later in that scene, as they leave, she wonders again if she can throw the coffee and, and hit one but not the other. <laughs> and I, I noticed, like, I'm like, there's a theme here. And I wrote in there, she didn't know what it was about the Grant family that made her want to throw liquids. Um, <laughs> and, again, all of this is going to be pulled out. Mm -hmm. But I realized, like, oh, that's sort of shit that I do and it's not always liquids it's once I get to a certain amount of rage or anger or whatever I do tend to levitate 
items <laughs> at high speed towards walls. Yeah. Um, this is not a good quality. This is this is a quality that has um, cost me money on several occasions because of replacing items. And uh, it's a bad habit that luckily I have, you know, curbed as I got older, you know, and, and yeah. it's been a while since I've thrown something. And I don't throw it at people. Mm -hmm. I don't throw things at people, but it's... Uh, yeah, and that, that is a quality that I didn't even realize that I had given Charlie. Yeah. And I yeah. feel bad that I've had to take it out because I had to cut those scenes where she was brought to that emotional level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... I, there, there are places... I, I had a temper. I used to throw temper tantrums. I threw my last temper tantrum... Um, when I was seven years old and cut my Achilles tendon open while terrorizing a babysitter and kicking my feet on a screen glass door and my foot went through the glass and it cut my Achilles tendon and this poor 15-year-old girl um, called her mom and the doctor came over to our house and rushed me to the hospital and sewed up my foot before my parents even came home and found out what's going because this was in the 1960s and shit was different. Um, but yeah. yeah, but, um, from time to time, I can still put myself back in that, that headspace. I can still put myself back into being that angry and I still get that angry. And I have used that in my writing with, with characters from time to time, but I have generally not done it with heroes because that was a moment when I was a villain yeah but see and this is this is making you unrelatable right now to say the last temper tantrum you had was when you were seven years old that isn't Guaranteed. the last time I've, no that wasn't the last time I lost my temper that was the oh. last temper tantrum yeah that's what I said oh I, okay I mean I I know for a fact I had temper tantrums even when I but I you know we went through a lot as kids but um I've uh, yeah, because you've definitely lost your temper since then. Oh, yeah. Well, As see, your the, child, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, though, that I had a massive physical repercussion for yes. that. Yes, yes. That I spent my entire summer vacation in a cast unable to walk. I had to relearn how to walk, and it was excruciating, yeah. where my mother was walking me in a circle around the living room, holding my hand so I didn't fall down yeah. after this atrophied leg mm. and this, yeah. And the thing, and I had to spend, I had, had to spend my entire summer vacation, you know, just kind of rolled up in a sort of meditative state, thinking about what I had done, because I couldn't do anything yeah and it was the 60s uh so you were you were not able to play video games or watch mm -mm. one of the thousands of television channels they didn't even have um movies on vhs or anything like that you know nope. you can i was mostly yeah. up in the bed and my parents bought me peanuts books there the collections of peanuts cartoon strips yeah. were put into into books and i spent the entire summer reading and rereading Charlie Brown and Lucy and Snoopy and yeah, Pigpen and all of those oh, guys. Lucy. I hate Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is about putting the worst part of you into right. something. I think that's funny that, 
that you're encouraging people to put the worst part of, of themselves into the heroes too, but that you just said that you have never put that part of you into a hero. You've always put that into the villains. Well, that was such a bad thing that I was a villain. I have given some of my main characters tempers. Yeah. I just have not had them do something that destructive with the temper. Um, Kate is the one that comes to mind from um, the the secret texts. Yeah. Yeah, somebody that has a vil- uh, temper. Mm-hmm. You have to see yourself as others see you. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that there are some things that you can do and give to a character that's supposed to be a hero that will destroy that character as a hero for the people reading it. And and then you have to kind of walk away. Yeah. You know, you can either soften it or... This is I, fiction. Yeah, but and it's also very personal. Very, very what you think is is appropriate or not appropriate for a a hero or heroine to do i personally don't think having a temper tantrum would be would break (laughs) a heroic character but that's that's my opinion you know other people would absolutely think that 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 makes your character too weak or uh too temperamental i guess well i think Okay, I have read a couple of books, no names mentioned, lately, in which the main female protagonist, love interest, um, hero, had had temper tantrums, mm-hmm. had just just full on temper tantrums, and then passed it off as being cute, and that killed the series for me. Yeah, that that's something. Again, as a female, you have your own opinions of what other female heroines should act like. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like looking at those 1970s books um, where the 19-year-old girl was with the 40-year-old guy and the guy was very, very aggressive and possessive. and, and <laughs> The word rapey comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> kind of stuff. So it, that, to you, is also not appropriate um, hero. No. Actions New. and you <laughs> consensual know, or go home. Well, I mean, it it was, yeah. There's that fine line, right, of mm-hmm. of whether or not it was or not. And and as we as we grow as a society, we look back on the creations of our past, and it's really it can be quite disturbing. Yeah, and some it's, of it's really creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I've watched some some movies that I used to like just as just as close back as like the late 80s early 90s and I can't watch them anymore um again not mentioning names or anything but there was a very very popular television series that Tony was re-watching and I I was just appalled by it because this was just the 2000s you know and it, the the level of things that were really shitting on members of our society mm-hmm. uh and oh just God. so casually and making it so uh, it was supposed to be this this huge humor thing it just i was like i can't believe that we ever accepted this kind of behavior yeah and so when you're writing fiction i think that it's it, it's just like that as a reader you're going to be turned off by people who act inappropriately or who throw temper tantrums Mm -hmm. i i don't like i don't like characters that are 
too strong or too perfect or too too you know up their own asses i think you know is a, <laughs> is a good way to put it um and whose flaws are i know that you have a problem with the oh her breasts are too big her butt was too big hers waist was too small like i don't think i've i just laugh at that stuff to me (laughs) the stuff is is when they don't have mistakes when they don't because to me it's the writer is not writing honestly and it's not being naked on the page yeah i think that all characters should have these little tiny flaws yes sometimes a big flaw in a big character is a good thing yeah yeah i i agree I agree. You can have big flaws in big characters. And you just are... have to make it. There has to be a balance. Yeah. And the and the character cannot look at that flaw and call it a virtue. That's the thing that drives me up the wall is you cannot have her have a terrible temper and then think, oh, that's cute. I do. I think it, I, I love I've it never, when I do that. I've never read anything where somebody was, yeah. was making it where the where temper tantrum was cute. But I have read things where it's excused as just part of the character and nobody else reacts to it. Mm-hmm. And or, it's like, oh, oh, it's over? Okay, so let's get to the next point. It's, I think that the, it should have a reality-based reaction from other characters. Yeah. Where people stop talking to you if you act like that in public, or yeah, if you if you humiliate someone, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> that's you know, I, seriously. I, there, I have I have broadened my reach in what I've been reading lately in order to understand the genre in which I'm writing, mm-hmm. and I have found a lot of areas in which I do not choose to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just and that's that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, so your crappiest actions, your, your worst impulses have a place in your fiction. And if you acknowledge them in the hero as being bad things, um, your hero can have them. If they are presented as virtues and you want the reader to, to believe the character, it's almost, you're going to be writing a villain there. If you're trying to excuse your own behavior, it's it's almost like you're trying to excuse your own behavior yeah. by creating a a wonderful character who has this this major flaw, mm-hmm. and that you just let it go. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with with pointing it out as a flaw. That's kind of what I was trying to do with with Charlie, um, throwing the the coffee and and the, her own version of a temper tantrum, I guess. Yeah. But. But she didn't excuse her own behavior. No, no. She just kind of, she was, she actually didn't get the same chai. That's why she was drinking coffee in the next scene where she wanted to throw something. Because she didn't, she, she was embarrassed about mm-hmm. the, the chai. And she didn't do it in too much in public. But it, it also brought back the bad memories of being that angry and stuff. And I think that that you can utilize these parts of ourselves that we're kind of ashamed to have to to reach to your reader and say yeah you know this kind of stuff happens it sucks it's it's a part of our nature as human beings and and you can laugh it off you you can acknowledge the fact that yeah you tend to throw shit and it's not great but it's human yeah maybe don't do it so much if you can but yeah it's, yes yes you know temper tantrums lying manipulating um the what are what are other uh, pa- being passive aggressive um 
yeah. being un, just unrelentingly unreasonable about getting your way about something in spite of knowing that it matters more to the other person than it does to you. I am at this point mentioning some of my own personal flaws. Um, and and you have to be able to look at that and say, no, that is a part of me. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. And but I need to do better. To, yeah, but I think you can, as a writer, we can always do better in, in, in showing the flaws yeah. and showing how somebody who is flawed and who has bad behavior can still be a good person. Again, you just can't ex make excuses for it. You have yeah. to... I mean, if this person does make excuses for it and then realizes that these are bad behaviors and that they want to accept that and, and kind of... change? Or, or, or try to it? work towards... Yeah, work yeah. at it. Then you've got a nice character arc yes. in, in that story. Yes. Yes, but you don't give somebody a pass. You just... So, you, what is when the next yeah. part? Okay, so now we come to the questions. And this is how to get naked, okay? <laughs> These are the things. What is good about you? Ask yourself, what is good about me? Ask yourself, what is bad about me? Ask yourself, what great things have I done? And you get to define great, okay? Mm -hmm. You get to say, um, nobody else thought this was important, but I did this thing and it thrilled me and it made me happy and I think it was great. And if that is riding a roller coaster once in spite of the fact that you are absolutely terrified of speed and heights, then that is a great thing for you and you get to count that because that is a human emotional thing that you did that, that brought you to life and that allowed you to conquer something and that translates that little thing translates into something big, like some crazy character of yours jumping out of an airplane <laughs> or, or going to the moon or deep sea diving and fighting a shark with a knife. You have that. It's the same emotion. It's that same thrill, that same fear, that same stuff. And those things translate, okay? Um, what shitty things have you done? And here is where you have to dig a little deep and you ask yourself, well, what about the time that I made the little girl in kindergarten cry, which I did. And I, to this day, her name was Becky. And to this day, I remember her and I feel guilty for that thing that I said in kindergarten to her that, that has never left me. And I, anytime I need guilt, boy, I can just bring her up and remember yeah. that moment and I've got all the guilt I need to put on the page. Um, and there have been other shitty things I have done in my life and that, you know, I can pull from. Um, what are your biggest regrets? The things, and now these are both regrets of commission and regrets of omission. Things that you did that you wish you hadn't done. Things that you didn't do that you wish you had. Opportunities you missed. Times when you said, no, I don't have time for that right now. And it turned out to be something huge. Think people that you didn't see. Places that you didn't go. Um, just uh, chances that you didn't take. And at this, okay, now, with, the, with that question, how would you do them over? Because you can get so much fiction out of the do-over, out of the thing that you regretted that now you get to bring to life on the page and live it in fiction 
and give it to somebody else and let them do the thing that you didn't do and and make it powerful and rich and meaningful and in that way kind of heal the wound that you have from not having done the thing you didn't do. I think it's um, also kind of cool to give the character the same regret that they didn't get a chance to do something and maybe oh yeah maybe they point that out to somebody else and mm-hmm. um the river's whole whole ending uh was kind of based on that was fucking flawless well it was it, it uh, I feel like you're gonna build it up people are gonna read it and they're gonna be like eh. but river's ending. I, I didn't realize it, like I said, until I had written it, but it was based on a regret that I had mm-hmm. and what I would have done if I was given the chance. Yeah. And it's, the, the, I think that you can either do that or you can give somebody else the same regrets and the same issues and maybe either a chance to fix it or a chance to help somebody else in the book not make the same mistakes. Yes, yes. The, th- the stuff that you live is all fuel it's all naked you have to disguise it but you but that that is naked um okay so now here is how you disguise it you can change your characters gender age race um change the circumstances and when it happens like you know your your um roller coaster ride that that when you look back on it it doesn't feel like a big enough deal to put in a book when it, when it was it was huge for you though it was life altering for you because you discovered that you could do this thing that scared the shit out of you and you did it anyway and you lived through it and you moved on so then you have somebody who jumps out of an airplane or fights a shark with a with a little bowie, bowie knife um, or whatever then you are writing the truth of your own experience your own emotions that this stuff is going to come across as real because you lived that fear and you went through it instead of walking around it or hiding from it and you survived it and now you get to own that and you get to keep it forever and you get to throw it into the characters that you write and make them do these things that that you know you don't want to jump out of an airplane i don't want to jump out of an airplane let me say that yeah i was gonna say i actually want to skydive even though i'm afraid of heights at anything above about (laughs) if i'm standing probably five feet in the air i'm terrified and it's funny that you mentioned the roller coaster because uh what was it 2017 i think the start of it Mm -hmm. um we went to wild adventures and i went on basically it's kind of like a bungee jump it's uh it's called geronimo but they they tie you into this this swing basically they lift you up really super fucking high in the air and then you have to push the button uh Uh Yeah, or or hit the cord or whatever it is. I don't remember. But she's like, you're going to count down from three. And then when I say one, you hit that thing and then you're going to go flying. And it's and I, I, I was petrified. I was so fucking terrified that as they were raising me, I was shaking. And I thought, there's no way in hell I'm going to hit this. As soon as she said, they're just going to have to lower me. They're going to have to lower me. But she said, three, two, one. And I, I, it was... I can't say muscle memory, but I don't remember hitting the thing. I just know that I did because I went fucking flying. And <laughs> Tony got it on video and I'm screaming. And But considering the fact that even when I was a teenager and Mark and I were filming this stupid little mini episode of 
it was a mini short on something that we had written and um I had climbed a fence and he was waiting to get the shot of me jumping down I couldn't do it I could not jump from the fence at 14 and this is something that has stuck with me mm-hmm. so the fact that I did that was huge but I I can use that fear and that that triumph yeah. in my own writing it doesn't have to be a a bungee jump from Geronimo or whatever that thing is called. Right. But it can be that moment of knowing you have to act and acting. <laughs> and that translates in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, that's that's a guy in battle who who they call charge and he has to run forward. Yeah. And he runs forward instead of running back. And you have that in you. Yeah, well, it, it's yeah. in it's in Charlie too. Is that it, I am usually if if something goes down, and I am the one that is being relied upon, I am usually really good. Yeah, if, you are. If I have anybody else that is that that other people can rely on, I break down, uh, or that I can rely on, I break down. So it's like if I have to be the person. I am there 100%. And it, it, it's not even a conscious decision or anything like that. I noticed that when Tony got hit um, when he was on the motorcycle, when he got in the mm-hmm. accident, I had other people to rely on. I broke down. Um, once he was in the hospital and stuff, if if he was out, I was breaking down. If he needed my help, I was 100% on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something else that you can put in a character is... There is that flaw of breaking down if there's anybody to rely on. Yeah. And when you have to count on yourself, you know you can do that because you yeah. will come through. Yeah. Yeah. And I have seen that your whole life. <laughs> when when the chips are down, you come through 100%. I so come through. I'm awesome. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are. You're, you're a great kid. Okay. So that's one, that's one kind of naked in disguise. You change the circumstances. Um Again, you know. Yeah, we just talked about this basically. Okay, yeah. You change the world. And this is, okay, well, um, this is all stuff that's going to be really transparent if I put it in a world like this one. But if I make it fantasy or science fiction, if I make it a horror mystery or uh, something other than what it is in the real world, if I step this aside, then it becomes fresh and new and different and not, not legally attachable to me. Yeah. <laughs> because if you have people who are different people in a different world and there's magic and you don't, didn't use the names and you didn't use the faces, you're safe. Okay? You're safe. I, th- I think <laughs> I just figured out a way to uh, put my uh, six-year job into something. I wondered what that grin was because I was yep. watching your face as I was saying that and now all of a sudden she has this shit-eating grin spread yep. across her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, or you change the viewpoint. If there, Instead of writing it as a character who is like you, you write it from a character who is incredibly unlike you. Or you write it as a care you write the person as a character who is completely unlike the person you're using as your model except for this one thing 
for this this one action, this one thing that you need to get in there. Um, you, if you have the person that you're writing about is a short, fat, fifty-year-old, um, grouchy next-door neighbor, you make her tall, slender, beautiful. Maybe you make her a him, um, tall, handsome, gorgeous, and has this one thing, because then again, you know, nobody's going to look at your 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 grumpy next door neighbor and say, Oh, I know who that is, Mm. you know, and she won't look at it and say, Oh, I knew who that is because you know, she isn't that other person. And it's very, 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 very important that you do this (laughs) because bad things can happen if you don't. And the final one here is to focus honestly on the meaning um, and any outcome and what you learned about the stuff that you're putting in there. You know, don't just throw in the event. Give it some weight. Give it some meaning. Give it give it a consequence that changes something in the story. Okay, so, so if you you you've got your character going up in the on the on the roller coaster, and she does this thing she didn't think she could ever do, and she she makes it through the roller coaster and she gets off. Okay, that's great. She faced a fear. Now make it count. Later on in the book, have her have to do something that requires heights or or rushing towards something in a terrifying manner or feeling out of control and have her, because she did this other thing, be able to do something she would never have been able to do otherwise to save the day. Yeah. Make it count. Use all of the crap that you have ever had to go through in your life and all of the good stuff and all of the stupid shit. I can't tell you how many different times I have used that that just just dumb shit, dumb shit that I have done and thrown it in and given it to a character and made them pay the price and humiliated them and embarrassed them and had them learn from it and then had it make a difference. Yeah. And at the same time, it kind of helps me because I yeah. look at it, you know, this is a better way I could have dealt with that. And the next time I have to deal with it, I think I'm going to do that. It can be cathartic. It's it, it, yeah. writing is, is therapy, you know, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And it's, it's also important to remember to put the best things about yourself in. It's also remember yeah. to, or it's also important to remember to put your, your beliefs in your fiction Showing the other side, trying your best to to be compassionate and show why you, what you believe is is so important without yeah. being preachy. I mean, okay. all of this yeah. stuff is is writing naked. It's putting things, uh, leaving Montalucia. All <laughs> I put a lot of myself in that that story. Even though I wrote very lightly and tried to keep it more about the the story in in such a you know it was all romance, but I tried to put myself in there in that all she wanted was a family, you know that's all she's ever wanted because she had this broken past because she had this broken life and she wanted to do better she wanted a family she wanted people to support and that could support her and I put a lot of myself in that 
and one of the uh, bug hunters was not my reader to the extent where all this person did was shit on the fact that that's what this character wanted was a family was was that all she had ever wanted her entire life was was this kind of stability was was mm-hmm. love with somebody else and kids and and a family and a place to belong and yeah. all this one bug hunter did was just shit on it in the nastiest way possible um there were other things that this person did you can go back to listen to our destructive criticism versus uh, or critique yeah. uh, episode to to hear more about that and how to be able to tell the difference but you're gonna get that when when you're writing naked on the page but i think the thing that pulled me through and let me realize what she was doing and and let me not read the rest of her notes and tell her thank you for your time but this is not helpful um was the fact that I was really, really motivated by my character's wishes. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what my character wanted. I felt very strongly about it. It was something that I had wanted to. And it's the reason why I can ignore somebody who, and why you might be able to ignore somebody who is shitting on everything that you believe because they're just not your reader because they right. don't believe like you believe because they don't see life the way that you see life. Right. And that's going to be most of everybody most of the time. Finding your readers takes time, it takes effort, and you will hear from people who are not your readers but who feel obligated to tell you that, that you, you got did it wrong. wrong. Yeah. Right. That you but did it wrong because you because they're not your reader. Most people, most of the time, are not going to send you messages. They're not going to leave you nasty comments. They're just going to be right. like, oh, okay, well, uh, I didn't really like it, and move on. They're right. not going to say anything to you. Just wanted to clarify that Holly, when she said most people, most of the time, she didn't mean that particular reader. She just meant no. people that are not your readers. Because right. there are her billions of human beings on this planet. Yeah, and, and if you're lucky, you'll get, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand yeah. who, you know, which is an enormous readership, uh, who out of out of billions of people, you're looking for that tiny, tiny needle in a an enormous haystack. And every person who loves what you do is a gift. So be grateful for them. Yes. Yes. Um, and treat them well. Because not everybody is your reader, and you are not going to get billions and billions of readers. Yeah. You're just going to get some. So <laughs> is that it for this episode? Aside from the takeaway, that is it. Okay. I uh, just wanted to say, if we didn't cover something in writing uh, while naked or, or, you know, writing naked, let us know. Go into the comments in at hollyswritingclasses.com. Create your account if you don't have one it's free you get a bunch of free stuff including the how to write flash fiction that does not suck course and find this episode's title let us know what you're still having a question with let us know if you if you have a different viewpoint or if you have examples you want to share anything like that if you would like to you can follow us on the socials it is at aia R-W-I-P on Twitter, Alone with Invisible People on Instagram, Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook, and our website is alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. You can find different ways to support us if you go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us. And we appreciate 
any anybody who has ever you know given a dollar or shared the podcast or mentioned us to a friend or um one of my friends said that that she took the uh, for friend's phone because she had been telling her friend to, to follow us for a while and her friend was like ah, i don't know where it is. so she took mm-hmm. her friend's phone found it and hit the subscribe button gave it back to her oh that was sweet yeah so we got another subscriber maybe uh, a little unwittingly but i thought that was really cool i was like oh man that that sounds like uh ben kissel does that he, he he's um one of the people in the last podcast on the left mm-hmm. and i was like ben kissel will literally take somebody's phone from them type all the information in hit subscribe and give the phone back <laughs> well so, that's that is one person that a time yeah that's that, how that you grow is, an audience <laughs> that is uh what is it the roots some kind of uh grassroots yes right there yeah grassroots that's <laughs> so, it wow so yeah anyway uh, if you guys would subscribe to us uh if you liked a certain podcast episode please hit the like button please feel free to comment on any of these uh platforms and apps every little bit helps so holly what is the takeaway for this episode okay the takeaway for this episode is very very important listen carefully nakedness in fiction gives it power but failure to totally bury it gives lawyers a solid case to destroy you (laughs) there you go that's the takeaway so yeah (laughs) be honest but don't get sued yeah so i'm just gonna say thank you guys so much for listening we really we appreciate every single comment every single person that pops into the forums it's so awesome to see so many new people joining and i wanted to say again thank you so much to everybody who has supported the podcast in one way or another it is making a huge difference for us it also I mean, this podcast is something that we enjoy doing and I can't thank you enough for listening. We love you guys. Yes, yes. Um, Dare to write naked. Dare to believe that you are, in fact, worth writing about because understand that nobody else has lived a life like yours. Nobody, not in this whole world, not in all of history and not in the future. You are the only person who can bring what you know about the world to the page the only one.